0: Welcome to episode 19 of Expanding Beyond. Today is a premiere for us. Uh, We have our first guest. Um, I will introduce him shortly. Monica, how are you doing today?
1: So excited. Uh, (laughs) I was, um, well, this was the thing I was looking forward to. Throughout the whole week. Uh, So it has come. Uh, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's cold. It's like the sun is there and it deceives you. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like, oh, definitely. come out. It's, it's going to be fun hanging out together. It's not. So, yeah.
0: we had snow today. That's true. <laughs> or last night.
1: Yeah, last night. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you?
0: I was busy with uh, the guinea pigs we got last oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, apparently I'm now the one taking care of them. That Mindly. that's
1: uh that was a given. I don't know why you thought otherwise at any
0: point. Well, done. <laughs> I do enjoy it, so it's all fine. That's good. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there's our special guest, Niels. Niels, how are you doing? Hi, hi, Open. Very well. Um, thanks for having me here.
1: Thank you sure. for coming.
0: Let me um, give a short introduction of Niels, and then he can do. Uh, do it better, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> and fill in the details. Uh, so, N- Niels uh, is the CTO of a, a German startup called Virtual Q, and he used to be my CTO until two weeks ago, basically. And this is sort of the connection and how, how we have sort of scored our first uh, CTO for <laughs> <was laughs> sure. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: I did really enjoy uh working with you and uh with the culture that you've built at that company. And I guess this is I would say uh the, the theme of the, the, the episode today. Mm-hmm. And with that I will hand it over to you and maybe you can give our listeners an introduction.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks very much. Um, it's a, it's a really a pleasure to be here. And I've been following your podcast for a while, which, um, yes, yeah, is very, very exciting and, and a great idea to do this. So, Thank um, you. yeah, so myself, I'm, um, I'm really a, a, a software developer myself, right? This, this is what I, <laughs> <laughs> Just like Monica always says, that's, the theme. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, what, I, what I've always been in my heart. You know, but but uh, I'm also other things. I'm also an, an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a manager. Um, many different things. But I, I I it's deep in my heart. As I said, I'm I'm still a software developer, and I'm kind of miss still miscoding. Yeah, I've uh, founded uh, this B two B startup. I'm I'm currently the CTO in uh, with two co-founders uh, about four years ago, and we've built. Um, uh, up to date, a relatively small development product team, which is uh, we have about five developers um, and and uh, data scientists and and a few people working on the product itself. And yeah, and Oban was one of our uh, top developers. Very very sad to <laughs> 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 not have him there anymore. But uh, that's that's just how life is. Uh, we'll put a link
0: to the uh, company in the show notes, of course, and then people yes. can.
2: Uh, check this out because it's a really great idea, actually, I think. And uh, I think the topic we wanted to start about is <laughs> actually something uh, really interesting that happened the day after you left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. The day after you left, we had a, a system failure and one of our critical systems uh, stopped working for a while. hmm mm-hmm. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think it's, it's, it, it does highlight a, a few interesting things uh, in terms of software development. Um, basically, uh, what happened, it, it happened on a Sunday,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, basically yeah, two days later, and um, uh, our system wasn't responding. And we, we figured out uh, what happened. And uh, the fix was very easy. It was very, uh, relatively easy to find. And we fixed it. The the reason I'm I'm saying that so so the outage itself uh, of course it was was horrible but the response I think that, that my team had was 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 really really great in the end the way what we did so basically what we did is we um, first of all we fixed it quickly and, and off hours that that wasn't a question at all that everybody was trying to, mm-hmm. to work on it. We've also uh, wrote, uh, crafted together, a really, really professional um, communication to the customer. What happened? Why it happened? Nice. Mm-hmm. And and then we had a post mortem where we uh, in in a lot of detail um, discussed um, <laughs> what uh, how, what went wrong, why it went wrong, and and uh, what needs to be done. And and we have a, a whole set of measures which we. Uh, already implementing and and yeah and i feel like we've we've actually be- been growing a little bit out of this the reason i'm bringing this up that i'm i'm really actually really proud of of uh, the way uh, the team handled that so so there That's was no awesome. yeah there was no uh, finger pointing not not trying to to find someone who's guilty, not trying to uh, it was really working working the process working working the system uh, fixing the system and then going forward i mean I remember these um, post mortems
0: and I think they were always uh, very productive and i mean we at some point right we we realized we didn't even have a proper playbook on what to do, how to communicate the outage if we found them, and uh, give status updates, and we had to basically write that up at some point. And I think this is always that w- this was always a uh, very very productive meetings and helped a lot too.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's actually been growing over the last two years. In the beginning, that's right. Or when, when you came, we didn't really have a good process for this, and of course we did have a couple of. Uh, failures and outages in, in the meantime and and we gotten better at it and and now we are really at a place where we actually do react uh very very professional and have a good process so i i have
0: actually uh talk uh talk to a developer from the u.s recently about that stuff and being on call and then we discussed how that how that is completely different between the u.s and here because i think this has basically to do with the labor laws mm-hmm. because you would actually have to pay the developers if they're on call at certain points. Mm-hmm. And then you have to make sure that if, for example, if they get up in the middle of the night, they have to can't even work until at least 11 hours afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? it's very and...
1: complicated the situation there uh there's an upper limit for working on a single day uh above yeah. a certain number of hours you need to pay people one point five up to two times per hour what they're usually paid um and uh even organizationally I think it's pretty difficult to to build something that uh then it's fair and works um. And in Europe, mm. people generally don't like to yeah. do that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and compared yeah.
0: to the to the S, what I've been told is that basically you are supposed to be on a call without extra pay
2: in the US. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. I think it's a little bit different in in smaller companies and in the startup world. Of course. yeah, yeah. And, and in this way, we I still feel we are a startup, but yeah. What
1: I noticed also in in uh, because we last year we also had a big issue for like a couple of weeks, and also in that case, like we don't have an on call policy, but nobody batted an eye. It's like everybody was just helping and trying to uh, figure out how to solve the problem as soon as possible. Some people were kept monitoring for a few uh, for a few weeks. Uh, to try to understand what, uh, like, if something else was happening or not, and it's part of that relationship of trust and mutual respect mm-hmm. that you have with your managers, of course, yeah, with the rest of the team and the company. Um, so it's a uh, it's, it's kind of a given, let's say.
2: It's it's great that you're bringing this up this this topic of trust and and respect because that is is also a really critical part of of how a team. Uh, Reacts and if it reacts well mm-hmm. uh, to, to to failures and uh, because failures uh, happen, right? There's absolutely nothing you can do. Every every complex system at some point something happens and the. the the good teams don't look for for you know don't have look for hats to roll right they don't look yes. for, for the guilty one right the, 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 i think the the best way to approach this is really to look for contributions not for contributors but for contributions so you always have like a whole set of uh, little things that happen you know like like in this case you, you know, it was on a Sunday. Um, it, it was, uh, you name it. There, there are always like little things, which in itself, or even a few of those, you know, wouldn't have uh, caused uh, the outage. But at some point, uh, all these things add up. And then, then the catastrophe and the failure happens. And then, if you then uh, are able to to to, to very neutrally uh, find all those contributions, uh, look at them together, and and figure out, you know, what what uh, what are all the things that went wrong, not what the people did wrong, then you then you can actually solve the problem. But I think it's also important
0: um, to bring up ownership, right? Mm-hmm. If the team doesn't feel that it is in in charge of basically the application or the the process or Maybe even doesn't know why they are doing stuff, then it's mm. also super hard to get them to care about stuff like that, right
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely ownership is uh, even that's that's even the thing that that brings the people on back on 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 a sunday night right and and
1: uh, exactly <laughs> i I really like what you said before about failure will happen because it's something that I didn't realize until recently, like listening to some talks from bigger companies or there's a book I'm reading. that's called release it. that speaks about, you know, how to deal with systematic failures out there. And that was one of the first things that in these talks and in this book is, uh, is um, present as a concept. It's impossible to foresee failure. And, Mm -hmm. and especially in complex systems, there are so many moving parts that, It's just not reasonable to think that as humans, uh, you can foresee the consequences of certain actions. It just grows over time and stuff happens. The only thing you can do, as you said, is Mm. fix it as soon as possible, figure out what went wrong and try not to repeat that. But that's the only thing you can do. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly. If you don't have any any failures ever, you don't have a, a, something very interesting going. Uh, <laughs> it's basically it, very good point. Very good uh, point. Yes. Yeah. I mean,
0: if you look at it, I mean, even Google and Facebook and yeah. I mean, basically any service be used, right? Yeah. These days has a status page with all their failures on it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I guess yeah. this is the important bit, right? If, if you If you can let your customers know that stuff is up, that stuff is happening. Then I guess there's also more trust on on, on their side too. Yeah, that they even know that it's ha- something happening and that you're not trying to hide stuff.
1: That I think is also the the other part that um, should be always kept in mind. Keep the communication going towards the rest of the org, towards your customers affected, so that they know that something is happening and something is being taken care of. Uh, someone is taking care of uh, of the issue. If you don't, then people start wondering, and they interrupt the flow of work of people that are actually trying to fix the problem. Right. So, um, uh, the communication part makes a lot of sense. Then for for your customers who have said, "Hey, you have been doing this uh, in uh, in a very professional way."
2: it's not not that not easy right and and also not not only uh, communication towards the customer customer also within the company right if mm-hmm. you have a bigger company the other departments need to know that something's wrong and doing that well is 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 really not easy
1: do you have someone that uh will always takes sa- takes care of the communication or is it depending on the incident
2: yeah, it's uh, we don't have a dedicated person for the communication. It mm-hmm. really does depend. I mean, we're too small for that. And luckily, it doesn't happen <laughs> that often. <Yeah>. We, we <laughs> do have a support, like a lot of our communication is on Slack. And uh, things like that are being discussed in the support channel. And usually mm-hmm. one, one of the developers then posts um, if there's an incident.
1: Speaking of ownership, right? <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. Okay. So...
0: I think somewhat related is is a topic that I wanted to bring up. Um, it is your basically your philosophy on on how to work, right? Mm-hmm. So I I must admit I found quite a big difference between Virtual Q and where I work now. Mm-hmm. Um, already, in, already. Well, I've worked there before, so but yes, yeah. um, sort of. You could basically uh, sum it up as I don't know, all work and no fun. I would say it <laughs> sort of uh, compared to uh, with the two com- uh, companies, because to me at VirtualQ it was not not everything was all business-like. It was, yes, we do our work. We work hard and we try to do everything in a professional way. Mm-hmm. But we also try to enjoy ourselves doing, doing it all. And like you said, not wait until later, but uh, try to uh, enjoy the time now. Maybe you can yeah tell us more about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, certainly. That's that's uh, one of my favorite topics. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it's from the outside what you describe. You know, might seem a little bit like you know, wow, uh, what they're having fun. You know, they mm-hmm. they can't really be serious. Then they can't really be doing good work. Why? Because they're having fun. You know, <laughs> this is like yes. I mean, a little bit of a prejudice. You know, but I I really do. Uh, think the opposite is the case right if uh, if you have a team that that enjoys working with each other and and having a laugh having you know make being able to to make fun of each other and so on is really part of it and and a team that does enjoy what they're doing is is always more productive this is one thing right um uh, the, the the other thing really is um Being being able to do this, so so basically, uh, being able to 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 laugh at yourself, to Mm -hmm. to that that enables you to to see yourself uh, from the outside perspective. Because you can, you know, if if you never never if you're not able to laugh at yourself anymore, you know, you're you're missing that perspective which you need to improve. You're missing that perspective to to look at you from the outside and and see okay. you know i i'm not perfect nobody is perfect but everybody's uh, trying their best and and then really uh the magic can happen because people are engaged uh, people are excited people bring bring out their their best uh, in themselves they bring out their best ideas because they're not 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 pressured not worried not not scared they they really do what they do best uh, and and enjoy it and, and that's why i think it's it's so important that um to to have have a harmony have a have a good team pu- pulling together on, on one string i mean
0: you could also um i don't know be less let's call it be less nice and just uh, think about i mean at for, for me as a developer these days i basically have the choice where i want to work right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so in a sense, you have to basically work on stuff like that, right? As a company, you have to be a nice place to work for right. basically, because mm. yes, money is a, is a thing, but at a certain point, it also doesn't uh, affect uh, uh, everything anymore, right? Because uh, like like you and me, we talked about it, and like you said, and it's probably true, at a certain point, more money doesn't make up for a work environment
2: yes. that you don't enjoy. It that it doesn't exclude that you're professional, right? I, I, yeah, I, I exactly. see it in my team. You know, when when it comes to the to the real issues, you know, they're they're very professional, you know, and they're very uh, down to the point and 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 also also serious at at, at, uh, at the right times when it, when it needs to be serious, right? But but just having that general lightness um, helps a lot. What we're doing uh, is we're having a, a um, we're having a, the retros, which you guys probably also have mm-hmm. um, every mm-hmm. two weeks, which which uh, some of the developers really enjoy a lot. we we're, we're we're doing other things like. Um, Meeting each other for online um, coffees, or um, actually last week, uh, one of our developers organized a uh, lightning talks where where everybody nice. bro- brought up yeah, that little little five to ten minute talk uh, of any topic they wanted to, mm-hmm. and uh, and from from these things you learn you learn learn the others and and you you learn technical things as well. And so
1: I cannot agree more. Frankly speaking, like in the past year, I've been working with the same group of people and. Some like six months ago, no, that, that's even more like was July last year or something like that. We sat down and we tried to find common values, like principles by which we want to work. And one of the values that uh, the team came up with was that we want to have fun while we work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize actually how much of a difference that made in mm-hmm. how the team really then works in harmony. It helped. With uh, ironing out relationships with other functions, it helped um, with the topic of communication and trust um, in within the team. And even in serious situation, the tension is much lower than in the past. Right. Uh, so even moments in which there is an argument, there is a discussion, heated, even um, there's still this background of we are humans. We have connected at a a human level and then work is one of our facets, but it's Mm. not the only one. So there gives perspective to people about who they have in front and that makes working together. Yes, it can be fun, but it's also like, as you said, more productive. uh, And uh, I find it interesting because we are using some of those uh things you were saying. Like we have one once a week we have this half an hour in which we get together. It was supposed to be about having coffee and a chat, but in the end we always end up playing some uh games online about drawing stupid things and trying to guess what that is. Um <laughs>
2: yeah that's what we do too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just
1: a great game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um uh, and and there I think it also helps with uh Diminishing, I guess, um, the distance between uh, the leadership, the management team within the team, and the team itself. Because again, you are you are having a more human relation in in a different setup. Um, so I just can't can't recommend this enough. What I was wondering, though, because not all teams in our company behave that way, I was wondering what could be done. It's like we are a group of people that we have introverts, but most of us are very outgoing. And even the introverts like to um, have a joke here and there. Mm -hmm. There's other teams that instead are composed mostly of people that are introvert or would like to maintain a certain distance between their work self and their personal self. So there I was wondering how can we make um, the workplace fun for also people that have a different concept of fun, i don't have an answer so
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think um really it's 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 the mix if you have a diverse team yeah. and and a mix of intro and extroverts I think that that really helps uh because even the introverts loosen up after a while you know and, and yes when the team grows <laughs> together, when they work together a lot and an introvert basically hears two extroverts uh, joking at each other and, and teasing each other, you know, and they hear, he hears that for the hundredth time. At, at some point, he also throws in his joke, you know, or mm-hmm. <laughs> their <that> joke. <laughs> and so I think that it's, it's really hard to, to enforce it. I think things just, just develop like this. But I mean,
0: this only works when everyone uh, feels secure, right? right. This is sort of the, the step before that has to happen, and everyone feels secure enough that they Feel that they can st- say stuff like that and do stuff like that, and
2: absolutely
0: for some teams this is just not the case, and then that is where it's, this is all coming from. That's absolutely,
2: true. I think so. So security, you know, not having uh, ha- not having the feeling that uh, whenever I do a mistake I'm I'm toast, you know, just just having mm-hmm. having this feeling like allowing people to make mistakes that that really makes them perform well, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think. One example is also like our. We have one um, um, front end developer who's, who's basically in as a freelancer and, and so on. And he was very, very quiet in the beginning. You ne- never heard anything, and uh, you now it, it's really he's he's more and more outgoing, more and more part of the team, and you feel also that his work is improving. You know, take, taking more more part in in different things he hasn't before, and so that's that's a good development.
1: Mm-hmm. A very good point. That leads us already
2: into the next, um, topic
0: about hiring. So mm-hmm. from my point of view, um, when I started at Virtual Q, I was very surprised about, uh, how much, um, care you take in hiring people and how, um, compared to other companies I've been at, how, how careful you are, how slow you take it, uh, with, uh, bringing on new people. And I think this actually shows because I mean it is a small company so it's it's probably easier for everyone to to more or less get along but I think this is much much uh, better than yeah, at virtual queue than at other companies
2: yeah that's a that's a great topic um so here I really um have to give a, a lot of the c- uh, credit uh, to our company as a whole how how we set this up because we've been always um yeah, very uh, diligent about about hiring so so it, it, it starts even with the with a search so so we have a very great uh, hr per- person we had right from the start and she she was really great at, at writing a very nice uh, job advertisements uh, having us look very nice and putting the right things in there and then we early on decided on a on a pretty extensive process where, you know, where, where we have actually quite a lot of interviews. Most people we hired had at least three, uh, some had four interviews. Um, <laughs> Apart from me, <laughs> everyone was
0: was surprised when it came on and had only a talk to you and, and one of the developers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that was probably uh, the exception, you know, and also we, we asked um, for references. Um, and we're we very much also have, uh, have been looking into uh, for team fit and and the diversity mm-hmm. and and all these things. So 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 I do think uh, this is one of the things uh, we do good in in our company. Um, in in terms of developers in particular, there of course there's a few things um, especially interesting to me. And one of the things um, is I'm, I'm always let them talk to other developers always. So if mm-hmm. we hire de- a developer, they mostly even have their first interview with another developer because other developers know, uh, yeah, if, if other developers are good or not. Mm-hmm. What I personally do when I, um, talk to, to, to someone is I, I ask them basically for opinions. So, so that means mm-hmm. I, I ask them, um, so, 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 being a self- software developer myself, I always always ask the question: um, Well, what are the the software principles you know you 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 like or, or you adhere to? Like, like you know, do you have anything from extreme programming mm-hmm. or anything like that? You know, and then a lot of times the good people really always have something they say, um, which they have a strong opinion on. And and mm-hmm. I know if a if a software developer has a strong opinion on some things. That's really, really a good sign that they are um, they are good good developers. They know?
1: care about their craft.
2: Exactly, exactly. Uh, developing is a is a craft, and and it's opinionated, right? Which which is not yes. <laughs> not not necessarily uh, bad, you know. And uh, but if someone just says, "Well, yeah, I document and test," you know, it's okay. Um, that's uh, I, I expect that, you know. But is there mm-hmm. anything else that's important for you? So so these are the things where we look at another thing is also something you know how do you stand out somehow some way you know if there's that's one of our uh, initial questions when someone applies is um why should we hire you is there anything you know uh, do you have a github account that's interesting do you, did you speak at a conference uh, or or what what whatever it is you know do you have an app that's that's great uh, who knows you know but but People who, who who've done something that's that's a, that's that's somehow special, somehow interesting. Mm. I think that's that's also a huge sign. You're know, talking to an interesting person.
1: One of the things I ask always, this is my go-to question, is um, if there was one thing that wouldn't make you work here, what would that be? That tells me or helps me figuring out what are the limits uh, of this person. What is that? They care really about.
2: That's a really good one. Yeah, have to uh, remember that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm also gonna uh, keep yeah. the one in mind about uh, uh, the what's your opinion <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a yeah, yeah. uh, with a big O, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what's your yeah. opinion?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's what's good? But sometimes I ask really uh, open ended. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. w- what what does it mean? What what's good software for you? You know, yeah. it's, it's very open ended, but. If someone has a good answer to, you know, what 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 does it mean for them, uh, you know, what do you, what's good software, what's good, then then yeah, interest, interesting things coming out.
1: Any particular answer?
2: Um, no, I'm uh, there's really nothing. You know, I, I I'm always bringing up the um, uh, do. Yeah, as simple as possible thing, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So so something like it. Um, It doesn't matter so much uh, what it is, if it's something that's really valid and good, you know. Yeah,
0: much better than I remember once being asked to define object-oriented programming in an interview. Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) And it's actually surprisingly hard, Uh, (laughs) even if you basically do it every day. Yeah. The
1: answer is always, it depends um, <laughs> which kind of definition, the object-oriented programming that we all do today, or the one that was defined by the original uh, ideator of the concept.
2: <laughs> I shy away from live coding, because <laughs> I, <know> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really hated that myself when I, I interviewed for being a developer myself. and <laughs> I, it,
1: it can be frightening, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always you optimize for certain things, right? Mm-hmm. So at one point I was asked to do a, to write some code, but there was a time limit on it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you start fresh and you have, I don't know, two, three hours and you want to do it right and you want to write tests and design it correctly, then you basically <laughs> spend mm-hmm. the first two, three hours doing almost nothing. And <laughs> it's always yeah. hard to, I mean, yeah. it's probably well intentioned to sort of. Uh, level the playing field and to not uh, ask people to work too much on your behalf because it's just an interview for them and they might have many on the other hand you sort of uh, don't make it it doesn't work for everyone right for me I need sometimes need longer uh, to really get into stuff and then you sort of almost get nothing from my side even though I'm not a bad developer in the end
1: yeah
2: yeah, we we did actually give um, developers some homework <laughs> mm-hmm. at some point. Like we just let them um, uh, solve a small task, and that was that was very interesting, really, because the the differences were were quite big. We, what we got back, we we got some really really great um, work back, and and others didn't do do very much or very well. But when right now we're not doing it anymore. Just just it just takes too much time, and it does take a lot of time from the. Mm applicants as well
1: obviously now, that's a good point i wonder if because i mean how do you test for that for competency that like the the technical competency i guess then you really do use the first three months six months of uh probation period to uh, assess someone's skills
2: in my um, time it, it really happened very very rarely actually that that someone came on board who didn't have the technical skills. Yeah, I mean, what what I'd rather uh, more often seen is that people just um, didn't deliver. They just didn't, you know. If if you do, you know, of course, sometimes there you do not hire the right people, and then. You know, you have people who just just talk a lot, or don't don't fit into the team, and and just really don't don't deliver the the work you expect. You know, and mm-hmm. that that might might be related to that maybe they they are not as good tech uh, technically that you you thought they would, or they just it's it's hard to say. But this is really my feeling that uh, it's less than that they wouldn't be able to to solve the problems. Uh, they wouldn't be good enough programmers, but they just weren't a good good fit culturally.
1: That's a very good point. Yeah.
0: I mean, the technical skills are, after a certain point, they're not the sort of main issue, right? It's how you fit in the team, how you talk to other people. And this is sort of what makes or breaks it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we are uh, humans after all. And that is the, Mm. I agree, what makes it or breaks it. um, You can learn so many other things. Like, you can adapt, you can change the way you do. And also, if you are hung up on uh, how you like to write code or how you like to have tests, then what is your what are your priorities there? To be right or to do right by the team?
0: Maybe, Nils, you want to introduce the next topic. I'm not entirely sure what it is all about. <laughs> why, why I suggested this, I hope I remember.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit, I think it's uh, also similar to the... So the other uh, topic we had about bridging the gap between uh technology and and the rest of the company or, or the developer team and the rest of the company so so really um what, what happens a lot is that you have companies and they kind of uh, are split between tech and non-tech people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is in, in general not good and 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 can, can can be a problem you know because then you have to have a lot of communication back and forth and so on I mean you obviously it's uh, you can't avoid it right you will always also have non-technical people in companies but you have to be uh, careful how, how to do this right the, the successful companies are really those companies who do this well who have a very very uh, good communication between their tech inside, uh, who can can uh, transmit information to their non-technical people. And uh, those people can basically bring this information to the outside. Um, and, and it's 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 not not an easy task. So what I've
0: noticed at Virtual Q that is different from where I've worked before is basically, I think that you as the CTO, you were on board from the beginning. Um, and you sort of were the ambassador, let's call it like that, of, of, Of all the technical topics um, Mm. directly in the center of it, in the heart of it. And I've worked at companies where the founders weren't technical and they've either hired people or they had just an agency build their first uh, version. Maybe it's that, maybe it isn't, but it feels to me that this is important to sort of get this right in the beginning, to sort of grow the culture around that and not try to... I mean, you can do it afterwards as well, I yeah, guess, yeah. but it's probably just so much
2: harder. So, so really, I mean, if if you put it in a very blunt way, every company these days is a software company, right? I yes. Mean, <laughs> Amen. Thank you. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: and that's how it how it is, right? Everything's built around software, and, and uh, you you either are a software company that builds you know so so basically that bill you have the team and the people who can and build it or you buy it right and uh in the long term the the companies who can build are are the better companies because they are more flexible there and they, they can they can do more for their customers as if they would just uh buy their tech and and that's a that's that's just a an, an really important point and because you if you are a company that builds uh, the the tech, m- must be at the heart of the company. So so that brings me to to this idea uh, is ask ask your developer. That means your, your developers are, are very creative persons. Uh, developers are always people who who are you know looking looking into, into the new stuff, uh, mm-hmm. what's possible, what's not, and so on and if you if you do want to be an innovative company really just go down to the to your developers and and see what they're doing right so so for example um it's it's been a while you know but but back then when when ruby and rails came out and so on and most people uh were still still working on on the old stuff on c plus plus and and so on you know and then if they are managers or so you know Go down would would have gone down to the developers and have them see what what they do you know in in their like say in their in their, in their spare time or or like for for little projects or, or so on. They would have told told them, look here, we have, we have Ruby. This is like so much better. It's a, it's a huge step forward, you know, <laughs> and. I, I'm just bringing it up as an example, but but uh, if you, if you do look down in, in, into into companies and you see what 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 are the tools your your developers are using, what what are the services yes. they're using, and so on, and 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 more often than not, they they are actually using very very interesting stuff, and and that's that's how basically the entire company can learn.
1: There, I think, then you see really what Wibran was saying before. Like, I was. I was having this debate with a colleague of mine that says the exact same thing. It's like if the company doesn't have a technical founder, you you see it in the culture. You can have a very strong engineering culture, but it's much harder. It's like rowing against the current. So there, what you just said about, hey, let's take a look at what people are using in their free time in their personal projects, what what they are curious and excited about. That's where the next thing lies, and that's the opportunity we can take as a company that's where we can experiment that's where we can gain advantage uh, right. compared to our competitors um, that requires a certain having had a certain experience <laughs> with the <laughs> with the topic itself
0: <laughs> I guess it's hard to even know that you should ask that question if you if you've never done it yourself mm-hmm. right
1: What I find interesting though is that we always talk in terms. Maybe it's our bubble, but we always talk in terms of uh, technical and non-technical people. I never heard things like finance and non-finance people.
2: (laughs) True, true. Maybe it is a little bit uh, a bubble, right? Uh, We're we're living in. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) How else can instead engineers uh, do to... Uh, as you said, it's important to have people that bring those concepts, those technical com- concepts, outside of the technical pillar. Let's call it this way: the, the technical function to the rest of the org. How can we help our engineers, our developers, to develop that that muscle?
2: Yeah, I uh, I think uh, one one thing for sure is uh, customer contact, and and mm-hmm. I had this also from from my team. I I literally had requests from. Look, why can't I work with customers more? Why can't I actually talk to customers oh. and and so on and I think that goes a long ways to to help um yeah developers understand what's what's actually needed and also give them a feeling about that they're doing something that's that's useful and important.
0: We did that for a while right where you had developers uh, on uh uh, sales calls or right. calls yeah. like that, and yeah. I have I found that very interesting to to hear what the actual uh, conversations were like because it, if you're trying to sell something, it's completely different than from what we end up hearing and on what to build, right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could imagine that it's it's uh, very interesting. Unfortunately, of course, um you know, in a busy day and a busy time, nobody has a lot of time and then it's very hard to sustain that.
1: Maybe in an onboarding phase, for example, uh when you're later into your probation period, for example, then you still have some leeway to uh, to move around. It's not as often that it could affect then the productivity of uh, other teams. Uh, where you have this exchange.
0: I mean, it might also be better for team culture, for for company culture in the Mm -hmm. end, when you (laughs) sort of go outside of your comfort zone and actually get to know some of the people from other departments that you rarely would talk to otherwise, right?
2: right i i think you know um, even better for for a company or for the success of the company would be if you'd had people who would not even just go out of their comfort zone but actually do other work than just tech work you know if you do have engineers who actually go into sales and and sell things or you do have engineers or data scientists who actually go into whatever it is for marketing or or other departments, I, I think this is when when you when a company can be really really strong because most people or a lot of people who that de- de- do have the technical experience could also do do other things and it's just, just just a matter exactly of of learning and and also wanting you know of course a lot of uh, program developers just like to develop which I can totally understand but. Having a company where where you do have a lot of uh, people with technical background, uh, but but doing all the other things that are important in the company, uh, I think that can can make a company very successful.
1: That's a very good point. Like I like what you said before. Every company to this day is um, a tech company, willing right. or not. It doesn't right. really matter because <laughs> technology is so ingrained in what we do that uh, even if it's not your not your main uh, field you'll still need to rely on it to be out there and work against your competitors, let's say, mm. so to find your, your place there. And this concept that technical people, people with a technical background are not interested in, in other fields, that's very limiting. Uh, right. The kind of knowledge that they can bring to, uh, to other functions uh, would definitely make tech more part of the company than not,
2: right? And and uh, developing is, is a very creative uh, task and craft, right? And then these Absolutely. people are are able to do a, a lot of uh, other things. So
1: yeah, this intersections uh, this intersection of uh, of skills. Uh, it's uh, you can call it being a generalist, but seriously, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, we call them renaissance men, not for any reasons like (laughs) there's a point these are people that know about history they know about philosophy they know about (laughs) math and that's Mm -hmm. when you get that kind of creative um that energy that can bring forward a whole century for that matter and uh, limiting yourself to to one field just because that's how i how we always have done it it's uh Mm -hmm yeah, we're, we're living in a, in a different industrial age.
0: I think that sounds like a perfect stop for this episode. I'm sure we could discuss more, yeah. um, our show notes. This is probably only half of what we've put in here, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I think for this time, it, uh, this is a, yeah. uh, this is enough and we'll, we'll let, uh, everyone go back to the, whatever they do on a Saturday evening, even though it's, um, lockdown and there's not much you can do (laughs) (laughs) unless you have a family (laughs) yes Yes. (laughs) yeah i have to put my kids to bed soon yeah (laughs) all right so thank you so much for coming Niels. this was a pleasure having you
2: yes i very much enjoyed talking with you guys that's really fun
0: um monica do you want to start where can people find you on the internet
1: they can find me on twitter for uh, your own sake in this until tomorrow, don't don't look up my Twitter account because I'm in full Italian pop culture thing. So it it's less interesting if you are <laughs> from somewhere else. But on Twitter at kf with an I, dev two, nurnayeth same as uh, for github uh, same nickname for uh, for github and at hosts at expanding yes.
0: Niels, can people find you on the internet? <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: Twitter is a team organizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> and um, uh, my um, but most I'm not active there. Mostly uh, LinkedIn uh, and Liebherr. And you can find me on Twitter as well as UJH UJH,
0: as well as on GitHub, same username. And I do have a blog. Uh, I'll put uh, it's in the show notes, even though I don't really post. And if you want to, I don't know, help us grow our audience, you can, of course, tell someone uh, about the podcast if you liked it or write a review or put it on any of your social medias. Right. So thank you again, the two of you, for this nice episode and talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye
1: bye. Thank you for being with us. Bye, folks.
2: Thank you.